G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we're planning Christmas, a great time with family and a typical Aussie Christmas, however you do it, it is good to spare a thought for those Christian believers that we will often say we stand in solidarity with in other parts of the world who are under intense persecution, have no opportunity to be in any way public about their Christian faith. A little more today on the efforts to be in touch with and support persecuted believers in other nations around the world. Good to be able to welcome back to 2020 James Cazina, who's the National Church Engagement Manager for Open Doors in Australia. Hi, James. Welcome back. Hi, Neil. Thanks so much. James, there is an appeal that you guys have going, so we will talk a little bit about how people can contribute. But it strikes me that when we talk about Christians and supporting persecuted believers, sometimes we don't appreciate the depths and the variety of ways that we're able to support. Now, it's not so easy just for an individual to be able to give into a family that might be in a nation where they're under persecution, but through an organisation like Open Doors, that becomes very possible. Uh, we were talking a little earlier this month about uh, giving uh, at Christmas time, and uh, there is some other Christmassy things that you guys are doing. Uh, you're asking people to give specific dollar amounts to help to meet particular needs. What sort of needs are you hoping people will rise to and meet for your Christmas appeals? Yeah, well, Neil, we can see that there's a real need for people that want to give a great project to one of their friends or family, but they also want to you know, get a sense that they're making a real difference in the world. And so what we've done is we've found a selection of some of our best projects from all around the world where we support Christians that are really uh, finding it difficult to follow Jesus and, and find uh, really creative ways that we can support them and strengthen them. So, for example, uh, a simple single gift of $20 will help us with a Bible, del- a Bible delivery project in one of those countries where it's very, very difficult to obtain the Word of God. Another example uh, is a, a bike project for pastors where they'll have to travel up to 500 kilometres for ministry where they can't get in and out of a region, but for $60 we can put a pastor on a motorbike. So really uh, tangible, practical ways to support the persecuted church all around the world. I've got your website open in front of me and listeners will be able to do that too when they go to opendoors.org.au. One of those projects that you've got, $45, provides trauma care. Now, that might seem a little unusual, but in a, a land where persecution is rife and Christians are coming across abuse and all sorts of ways, even risking their own lives, uh, trauma care is an in- important part of what local churches are involved in in those nations. Yeah, it's absolutely massive, Neil. I was just in Jordan three weeks ago where I was meeting with a number of children who were Christians. Uh, they were from families from Jordan, and uh, they were actually refugees from Iraq and Syria. And one of our project partners there on the ground was working 
uh, with them in actually art classes. Now, it seems like a small thing when you talk about the magnitude of persecution and all of the difficult things we face. But for these children, you imagine four and five years old, and some of the trauma they had seen was, was too graphic for them to even be able to express with words. But our partners were able to work with them over, over many months, some of them for many years, to express their emotions through art. I was looking at pictures on the wall of, of churches that were on fire from ISIS coming into a village. But then eventually these children able to draw pictures that were full of colour and hope. There were smiles on their faces and they were working through some of that trauma. So I think it's incredibly important. There's some other dimensions worthy of mention. One of those is that when people give support, a gift through open doors, sometimes the fruit of that gift finds its way into the hands of Muslims. And for those who are thinking that I'm supporting Christian believers who are under persecution, when you are giving a gift, sometimes it goes to the local church, or always it goes to the local church. And the local church uses some of the resources that they have to be able to outreach. How do you uh, talk about when you give a gift. Sometimes it yeah. finds its hand way into the hands of Muslims. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and I think for me, it's really about that premise that the church is called to be salt and light in the world. And for me, this is in really ultimately some of the darkest places on the planet. I think about it the same way that I believe my church personally here in Australia is one of the best vehicles, certainly the best vehicle to reach the local community with the gospel. So why would we feel any differently about the church for example, in Iraq, I believe, you know, our project partners on the ground who are pastors and leaders who've been in that country for many, many years are the best vehicle to reach that country. So our role, we believe, is to strengthen them to remain in that country, provide them with resource to reach their local communities. And it really overcomes that barrier, doesn't it, that says somehow or other Christians providing aid for Christians is like a discrimination because there's lots of people who might be struggling or even starving. But there is a sense in which when the local church does its work, it's not necessarily discriminating on the ground in some of these highly persecuted nations. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I've had the privilege of visiting many of our project partners now in a few countries. And uh, that's what I see time and time again is these people, first of all, radically love Jesus. But more than that, their love for their nation, to be honest, humbles me. (laughs) And it makes me think, how much have I, you know, cried at times for my nation here in Australia? Nothing compared to, to these people that love their nation. Let me pick up on another dimension. The idea of supporting Open Doors work in persecuted nations, uh, this empowerment for persecuted women. And in a lot of nations, especially where it's a Muslim-dominated nation, women are under special levels of persecution. How does a gift to Open Doors in this appeal that you've got going in fact, work its way into helping women who are disempowered by the prevailing religion? Yeah, we actually believe so strongly in this that Open Doors International has an entire project department designated specifically for our work with women on the field. And that's not because, you know, women are lesser or that they need more of our help. It's simply because, like you've said, the persecution is squarely aimed at women in a lot of these places. So, uh, yeah, we, we can very, very specifically target those kind of projects. And there's some incredible projects. I can think of uh, women that have, have got uh, business opportunities now. Uh, one of our colleagues met with, uh, with a woman named Muskele. 
and she had seen her husband killed in front of her along with six of her children and we've now provided her with a business opportunity so that she can con- she can continue to sustain her family and herself in a, a really difficult part of the world. Let me come to one of the difficult ones, and that is the fact that there are believers in a lot of very highly persecuted societies who cannot even uh, put their hand up or indicate at all their faith because they would be at risk even of their life. And sometimes we call those secret believers, people who are believers and in some ways go through the motions in a Muslim society and cannot show that they are Christian believers. And yet Open Doors has got a way to connect with secret believers and to support them on their journey. How do you go about that sort of thing, and how important is it not to neglect that part of mission? Look, it's a really great question. I come from a background of church leadership. We would often sit around a boardroom table and strategize discipleship. You know, we're called for that as a church. Uh, It's one of those words I believe the church speaks of all the time. But what does discipleship look like? Exactly as you've you've mentioned, that if you express your faith, you you will literally be killed. Uh, so in countries uh, that, are, that are this dangerous, we have obviously a lot of covert operations, but they usually look like a safe house for uh, Muslim background believers. So where, where a person will convert to Christianity and it's, it's our, our responsibility and our role in that nation is to, to take them into an underground community where they can strengthen in their faith. Uh, while they're a new believer and then eventually, uh, you know, make their way uh, back into society. Not to minimise here the danger that some Christian believers are facing in some of these nations that we're talking about because oftentimes a family loses the breadwinner, a father or a mother, and it's because they've been a Christian believer and they've been executed and the family then left stranded. I imagine that this is an important element too of how people might be thinking about support this time of year, James. Yeah, that was exactly uh, the example that I just gave with with Muskele. Our colleague met with one of her daughters, Miriam, and it was exactly that representation, that her father used to be the primary breadwinner, that used to be the the only means of income, and not only income, um, security. So Open Doors provides a very practical and tangible response in those situations where we're able to um, get get the family back to a normal kind of working order for a while, and then provide them with long-term goals. That's really that's really our, um, our our idea of success in a nation is long-term sustainable projects. We don't just want to be flying from emergency to emergency, although sometimes that's necessary. We want to provide long-term practical sustainable development for these communities. Well, it is an important time of year to be thinking about brothers and sisters in Christ in some nations around the world, and there are some hotspot nations where it's very difficult for Christian believers because of the intensity of persecution against the Christian church. Let me point people to the website, opendoors.org.au. There may be listeners who might like to connect and find out more about the work of Open Doors, uh, find out more about some of the appeals that are going on for various places around the world at this time of year. I'll point people to that website, opendoors.org.au. James, Thanks so much for taking part in 2020 again today. Thanks so much, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.